And here we go. Today's daf is daf Nun Beis Amud Aleph, 52. Daf Nun Beis, page 52. We're on 52a. We are up to the third line. Rav Nosin Bar Asia on 52a. Okie dokie. We're just wrapping up a Gemara here. Very interesting Gemara. Consigning the halachas of... Uh, Ben Eretz Yisrael, a person who coming from Eretz Yisrael to Chutzlaretz, and it's Yom Tov Sheni, right? It's Yom Tov Sheni, the second day Yom Tov. So, are they allowed to do any sort of malacha? We learned yesterday. The Gemara ended off with uh, Rav Safra's pshat that if a person's, if you have an Israeli inside of a city of Chutzlaretz, they're not allowed to do any sort of malacha. They're not allowed to do any sort of work, even Bitsina Taisvis tells us. Even privately, you're not allowed to do any sort of malacha behind closed doors. However, if you go outside of the community, if you go out into the wilderness, the halacha would be that it w- then, uh, according to Rav, um, according to Rav Abba, quoting Rav Ami, it would be allowed. Okay, here we go. Third line on Nun Beis Amaralif of Nasan Barasia Azam We have a story. Where Rav Nassim ben Asya traveled from Yeshiva to Pumpadisa on second day Yom Tov of Shavuos. Pumpadisa is in Babylon in era in Chutzlaretz, yeah. And he went traveling on second day Yom Tov. Oyvei Ismi. Shamte Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef put him into Cheriv. He said, "You're a Talmud Chacham. You're a Yeshiva Bacher." Doing such a thing publicly, terrible thing. Instead of putting him into cherim, why don't you, uh, better yet, give him lashes, give him elkis. Rabbi Yosef, the Rebbe, said back to his Talmud, Adifa Avdileh, I gave him the worst punishment. It's worse to be in cherim than it is to get malkis. In Eretz Yisrael, they take a whole vote. On to whether give somebody malchus v'loy mimnu ashamte, but uh, to put him in cherim to put a uh, somebody in cherim they don't even vote. That's how uh, that's how terrible it is. They don't even want to go there. And I'm putting him in cherim because this is I'm making a statement over here. those say the story is a little different. Although we agree that cherim is worse than malchus, we're agreeing with that, but we're just going to re um, reapply the conversation. And Nagde Rabbi Yosef, instead of the previous understanding, which was that Rabbi Yosef put him in Cherim, the other story, uh, the other storyline was that Rabbi Yosef gave him Malchus instead of Cherim. And as Talmud, Amalei Abaya, Abaya said to Rabbi Yosef, why don't you put him into Cherim instead of giving him Malchus? Why is Cherim, why, why, why would you prefer to put him in Cherim? The Rabbi Shmuel, Dami Tarvayu, Rabbi and Shmuel both agree, Menadin and Al-Shayam Toivim Shalgoyas, that if a person desecrates Yom Tov Sheni, we put him into Cherim. If it's a push at the year, the stamagai who who uh, pushes aside Yom Tov Sheni, then we give the more severe punishment. But I have a sweet spot for you for you, Yeshiva Bachar. Yeah, I want to take it easy on him. In Marava, they would vote about Malchus. They, they, get, they give a, a lower level. Not to put him in Cherim. And Mamela, Rav Nasser Barasia, since he's Yeshiva Bukhir, 
I am going to only give him Alkus. I'm not going to put him in Kherim. Okay, so both storylines, if you notice, both storylines agree that Kherim is much worse than uh, Malkus. Except in the first storyline, he gave him the stronger punishment, which was Kherim. In the second storyline, he gave him the lenient punishment, which is Malkus. Two dots. Brand new Gemara. Let's preface this Gemara with the following uh, introduction. Um, the, this next Gemara is going to take us on to Ahmed Bez already. So let's introduce it, and I'm going to introduce some of the discussions that we're about to have. We touched upon a halacha yesterday, which is, Peirai Shviyas, fruits of Shemitah. You're not allowed to do business with them. They have Kedusha. The owner of a field, however, was permitted to store crops that grew during the Shemitah year. So you're not allowed to hog everything. If I own a field, I can't collect everything I tell in the field, but I could take a lot for myself and my family. But the halacha is, as soon as that type of produce is used up out in the field and there's not enough for everybody else, I have to do beer. I have to start emptying out my own home of all the stuff, all the food that I stored. So yeah, I'm allowed to initially stock up, but as soon as it's the Zman beer, as soon as nothing left out for everybody else, I, I got to start emptying out my own home. Because who are you to take everything? Who am I? I'm not, I'm not the owner. Nobody owns the land on Shemitah, right? Only HaKadosh Baruch who owns the field. No, no, you put it back out in the field and other people have equal access as you do. Okay? Now, this halacha of beer applies to different species, different types of grain, different types of fruit. So let's say I, I, I have a wheat field, I have a vineyard, I could take all these things, but as soon as the wheat field's out of uh, grain, I have to start emptying out my wheat. Do I need to start emptying out my grapes? No, because there's still enough grapes for everybody else. Sensible, right? It's not yours. Who are you to hog all of it? All right. What about the next, well, not the next, what about the, another scenario that Gamora is going to touch on? One, one second. Yeah. One second. So listen to this, listen to this next scenario. I pick tomatoes, cucumbers, and potatoes. Tomatoes, cucumbers, and potatoes. And I put them into my pickling vat. Shemitah. I have three different types in my pickle in my vat. Because I want it to be pickled. I want pickles. I want pickled tomatoes. I want pickled cucumbers. And I want pickled potatoes. And now it comes time for the potatoes to have us man beer. No more potatoes. Do I have to empty the whole vat? Do I have to just put out the potatoes again? It's all being, t- it's all tzazam and it's all together inside the vat. What do I do? How do you view it? So this is the, a very fascinating back and forth, not focused on that story, but with the background that we just gave as to what Zaman Bior is 
and it will depend on your locale. In one locale, you'll have, there's no more potatoes. And in another locale, there could be plenty of potatoes. So in the place where there's plenty of potatoes, the owners can hold on. In the place where there's no more, you can't. So what happens if I'm from a place where there's plenty of potatoes and I go on a road trip, I go on winter break and spring break, and I go to another city a few hours away, I got plenty by me, and I stock up on potatoes, and I take it with me on the trip, and now I'm in a place where there's no more. Do I have to do beer because the minog in the new location that I'm at is to get rid of their potatoes? Or what about vice versa? What happens if there's no potatoes by me, and I need to put it out, but now I'm going to a place where they have plenty, and I don't need to put it out, right? Same discussion of the Mishnah, we're now going to integrate into Hilchah Shemitah. Gewaldik. So here we go. Let's rock and roll. Zuk, Gemara, Kiyaitzavai. Similarly, call Amalech Perishviyas. Anybody who, Amalech means carry. Anybody who carries Perishviyas from one place to another, um, you need to uh, empty it out and follow the, you, you need to follow the Minigamak. Says the Gemara, Velas to Rebut Adetanan. Doesn't Rebut hold of the following Mishnah? You give the guy the stringencies of the place that he left, and the stringencies of the place that he went to. That's our Mishnah. So what does Rabbi Yehuda mean when he says, oh, you tell him, go and bring it in for yourself. What, what does that mean? What do you go bring for yourself? Take, you have to take on the Chumras of everybody. That's what we said in the Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda is not agreeing with that. says, Rebuta is not referring to, to, to this particular halacha. Listen to this. Rebuta is going with different halacha. This is what he means. Or if a person is going from a place where there's still plenty. I come from a city where there's plenty of potatoes, plenty of tomatoes, plenty of pickles. And now I'm going to a place. Uh, I'm sorry. I went from a place where, yeah. I'm going to a place where they have plenty from a place and to a place where there's also plenty. So both my original place and my destination have plenty of tomatoes, cucumbers, and potatoes. And then once I'm in my new location, I hear, I, I traveled from St. Louis to Chicago. Okay, St. Louis had plenty of potatoes and so did Chicago. Now I'm in Chicago and I hear that St. Louis is out of potatoes. Chayov Levair. According to Tanakama, even though I'm in Chicago, I got to let loose all my potatoes. If you don't know, says, Save a hovi lecha af ata mehecha daisinu. That no, I can say to the people of St. Louis, I can say back to my original place, that, uh, that um, if you want any potatoes, you can come join me here in Chicago. And once you're here with me in Chicago, guess what? There's plenty for everybody, so I can still hold on to my stuff. Because now you're also in Chicago. And now I'm in Chicago where we've got plenty. And you're in Chicago, you got plenty. So, what's the last letter of the Aleph phase? Tough. Yeah? You ain't getting any of my stuff. All right. Says the Gemara, remember, do you mean to say, Darbuta Lakulakum, or Buddha is trying to be lenient on, on uh, the guy for not having to give it away? says, This Darbuta says, you say to the guy, oh, don't go take my stuff. That we're, we're being stripped on him. But according to what we're saying, Rebuta's being lenient. If I'm in Chicago, I can tell the St. Louis people, come to Chicago, and then once they're there, ah, ha, 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 tough, right? So it's a leniency. 
But Rabbi Yehuda seems to be coming to Lechumra. So Gemara says, you're right. Ela Epoch, Eina Chayav Levair. Tanakama holds, you're not obligated to get rid of it. And Rabbi Yehuda's coming to you. Machmi, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, say, Vahavi Lecha, Afata Mehecha Daisinu. And we say to the guy, go and bring for yourself, even from your original place, Vaha Kalalu. And it's Taka, and since it's Taka no more in St. Louis, we're going to say to the guy, even though he's traveling Lechumra, that he does need to get rid of his tomatoes, cucumbers, and potatoes, even in Chicago. Abai Yom Rabai gives another possible answer to the contradiction. Really, the Machlekes between Rabbi Tanakam and Rabbi Yehuda is like we originally thought. And this is what the Mishnah means. We're going from a place where it was Shalai Kalu. I'm not going from St. Louis where there was plenty to Chicago where there was plenty. I'm going from a place from St. Louis where there was plenty to Chicago where there's nothing. And then I come back from Chicago to St. Louis and there's still plenty. So then, then I can still hold on to myself. Ah, you're coming from Chicago! Doesn't matter. Since I started here, and then I went to Chicago, I came back here. I don't have to take on the Chumr Dikaminag of Chicago. I, even, though, even though I was there, and there, everything, there's no more out in the fields. Since I started here, and I ended up here, and here there's plenty, you can't tell me to get rid of my stuff. Rebuta says, no. No, listen, you're in Chicago. There's no more. And that's where you're coming from. You got to take on that Chumrah. Masla Ravashi, Ravashi has a challenging question. The Rebuta, according to Rebuta, wants to be Machmir. Otu Agaba de Chamra Kaltino. Is, is, is it dependent on the donkey that's carrying the produce? Yeah? What does that mean? What does it mean? He's asking like this. What was our case? I started St. Louis. Plenty. I go for winter break to Chicago. Garnish. There's nothing there. Now I come back to St. Louis. There's plenty. What's the logic in saying that I'm a Chicagonian? What's the logic in that? I started here. I went there for a shtickle. Now I'm back. Is it dependent on the, the back of the donkey went to Chicago? So now I'm also like dependent? No. I started out here. I am here. Where's the logic of being Mahmir and considering me to be a Chicagonian? El Ravashi, rather Ravashi says, the in the following discussion. And now we're going to get into the pickle jar. The Tanam we learned in the Mishnah. A person pickles three types of vegetables in one vet. Rebbe Lezer says, He says, You have tomatoes, cucumbers, and potatoes in your pickling vet. As soon as any one of those are used up in the field, you have to put out everything you're pickling. He says, He's being lenient. Okay? And he says, No. Even if there's no more tomatoes. And even if there's no more cucumbers. But there's still potatoes. I can hold on to everything. Because it's all together. I can hold on to everything, says Rabbi Shu. Gamil says, kind of like the middle of the road. He says, each one, 
As soon as there's no more t- tomatoes outside, so you got to pull your tomatoes out of your pickling vat. As soon as no more cucumbers, you got to pull your cucumbers. It's not they're, they're not interdependent on each other. They're not dependent. Each one stands on its own. And that lemaisa is the halach. Ravina Omar, right? They, it goes by each species. The species is used up. Now you got to get rid of that and that alone, not the other one. Ravina Omar, Ravina says, that our Mishnah is in a different machlaik as the Tran that we learned in a Mishnah. You're allowed to eat dates until the last palm tree in Tsayar has no more. Okay? In other words, you can hold on to your food, crop we'll call it. You can hold on to your crop until there's no more left in your vicinity, in your province, in your state. Reb Shimming Amil, I remember, Reb Shimming Amil says no. Top of Amad Beis. Eichlin al shel bein akifin. You're allowed to eat depending on, you know, whether the the stock is getting low. And it's not dependent on how much is hanging between the thorns, which are much harder to get out. Okay? Basically, as soon as it becomes difficult for people to obtain dates or to obtain that product... Doesn't need to be, oh, you wait for the last date to be pulled off a palm tree in your state. No. As soon as the word gets out there that, hey, you want dates right now, it ain't gonna be easy. That is the Zman beer. That's the time where you gotta start getting rid of your stuff. Tanan Hasam, we learned in a mission in Ladir. There's three parts of land that are split up into I'm going to call it provinces just because that's a fancy word that we don't really use here in America yeah so it's not a city or a state it's just like a parcel of land Yehuda Vebrayardin Vigil Yehuda Vebrayardin and Gil okay once there's no more cucumbers in Yehuda everyone in Yehuda needs to do it once there's no has to get rid of it has to do beer once is no more in Ebrayardi, then the view there. Okay? So it depends on that division. And each one of these, Yehuda, Ebrayardi, and Galil, are also split up into three different parts. Rashi explains there's the mountains, there's the valleys, um, and the plains. Lost the place, I'm sorry. So if it's taka true that these three themselves are split up into three parts, why did we say there's three for beer? There's really nine. Because each one of these three is split up into three subdivisions. Okay? This lets us know that you're allowed to eat your the shmita that you've gathered in in each of these three main areas until the last part of that whole area is used up. Says the Gemara Manani Mili. What's your source from this? That w- where do you get this from? That Eretz Shol is split up into three parts. 
They have to leave the produce of Shemitah out in the field for your animals and the wild animals that are in your land. As long as Chayas are able to eat out in the field, you're allowed to feed your domesticated animals. You can take care of your... As long as the deer have enough to eat that are running around, you're allowed to feed your cow, your sheep, so on and so forth. But once the wild animal running around has no more food because then you got to take out the food that you put aside for your own animals in the home and we have very very interesting and that is that we have a messiah um, animals stick with produce that are unique to their land and therefore, the wild animals, the galil, are not going to be interested in the produce of Yehuda. Therefore, they don't impact that at all. As soon as there's no more produce left for the wild animals in galil, the, the people from the Galilee need to start emptying out their stuff. Aye, why is it transfer over? Because since there, it, it depends on the, the wild animals have nothing to eat. Well, anyway, the wild animals are not going to eat from the other locale. They're not going to eat from the other region. So it's not going to eat from the, from the other region, so they're not interdependent on each other. Period. Tony Rabban of the rabbis during social week, Perish Yotzam Eretz Yisrael Chutzlars. Fruit that leaves Eretz Yisrael and goes into Chutzlars. Right? Now, Shemitah is only in Eretz Yisrael. So you have an Israeli who fills up his ship with tons of produce and he heads off to England. And now there's no more left in Eretz Yisrael. He's in England with his stuff. But there's no more produce left in Eretz Yisrael. So wherever you are, you have to do beer. Rav Shimon Ben Alazar says, You got to go back to Eretz Yisrael and do beer over there. Yeah, that you got to remove the stuff that was taken into you privately in your land. And if you're in England, you're, it's not in the land. Says the Gemara. But we already used that pasuk to let us know that there's a division between parcels, right? A different a parcels of land, difference in Yehuda and the Galil. Says depends on the grammar of how the pasuk's written. You'll be able to learn out both. You'll be able to learn out that the land of Eretz is split up into three into three primary uh, parcels of land, and you'll also be able to learn out the halacha that you must go back to Eretzol, the Fidashita, and do beer ba'artzicha in your uh, dafka on the land of Eretzol. Story. Rav Safra, nothing merits all the chutzarts. Rav Safra went from Eretzol to chutzarts, hava bahade garbo de chamro de shvius. And he had a big vat full of shvius wine. Lavu behadei, lavu is from the Lashon of Leviah, halvoas, to, is to keep somebody company, right, to join them. So lavu behadei, ravuna brei, the rav ika of rav kahana. Ravuna, the son of rav ika and rav kahana, ravuna and rav kahana, rav, yeah, ravuna and rav kahana accompanied rav safra. Omar lehu, rav safra said to ravuna and rav kahana, 
Did anybody hear of Rabbi Avohu's psak? Whether we paskin like Rav Shem ben Elazar, you know, that once, remember, what do we just say? That if you're in England, that it's man beer, you got to go back to Eretz Yisrael. Because he's taking wine out. He wants to know whether he's going to be forced to go back to Eretz Yisrael sooner than he likes. Amalei Rav Kahana, Rav Kahana told him, I heard from Bavo, Allah Rav Shem ben Elazar, we talk a pasuk like Rav Shem ben Elazar, we're going to have to go back. Amalei Rav Huner ben Darvika, but Rav Huner ben Darvika said, No, Rav Bavo said, It's ain't Allah Rav Shem ben Elazar. Amalei Rav Safra, so Rav Safra, who's trying to get some clarity over here, and now he's got the two people accompanying him in Machoikas. He says, Take this rule of Ravuna in your hand. Uh, if Ravuna is quoting my Rebbe as saying, Halach is not like Rav ben Elazar, and I don't need to go back, uh, we should follow that because Ravuna was very, very careful to, to uh, give over words of Torah from his Rebbe to perfection. Kerachba de Pompadisa, like Rachba did from Pompadisa. Now, what was this? What, who's Rachba and Pompadisa? How careful was he? Says the Gemara. Dama Rachba, Amar Yehuda. Rachba says name of Rabbi Yehuda. Harabayis toye kapal haya. The Harabayis had double uh, benches around it for people to rest on. Right, you go to a park, so there's park benches. So the Harabayis, around the Harabayis, there were benches, and there were two rows of benches, one behind the other, around the, around the Harabayis. Kari, um, and it was set up one row inside of another row. Kari Ale Rabbi Yosef, and Rabbi Yosef said about Rav Safra, Amni Be'itza Yisrael Umakla Yagidloi, my people wants to ask questions from eights, and my staff tells him, what does that mean? Whoever is able to be makal, whoever is able to be, be lenient, he's the one who uh, we rely upon. Okay? What, what, what's going on here? So what's going on here is, think about what just happened in the story. Rav Safra was accompanied by Rav Huna and Rav Kahana. Rav Safra had a bottle of wine of Shemitah. And he's taking it outside Eretz Yisrael. So he's asking them, you know, am I going to have to go back? One says, yeah. And one says, no. And Rav Safra says, oh, take the words of the one that says no in your hand. Because Rav, uh, Rav Huna is ultra careful. Rabbi Yisrael said about this, okay, but Lamaisa, you're choosing the easy road. Because if you would go the other way, you would have to go back to Eretz Yisrael. So he's saying, whichever rod, whichever staff guides you in the, the easier path, it's much easier to give a shtemple to that person. People like their Rabbanim when their Rabbanim agree with them. Oh, Phenomenal. Psh, what he did is Gavaldic. My Rebbe, unbelievable. The second you don't agree with your Rav, what happens? Out the window. The guy knows nothing. Right? It's much easier to give a stamp when you agree on something and it makes your life easier. All of a sudden, it's a little bit of a pain in the neck. So you're not so freedom. You're not so happy. You're not the greatest dude in the world. Right? Not, not the greatest thing. That's how it works with, with uh, relationships. And that's what Rabbi Yosef is pointing out over here as well.
Rabbi Eloi cut, Rabbi Eloi cut down Kafniyosa Dishvius, a tree that had fruits of Shmita. Okay? Says the Gemara. How can he do that? How in the world is he allowed to cut down a tree that has Shmita fruit? The Torah says you're allowed to take the fruit of Shemitah and eat it. You're not allowed to chop down trees during Shemitah. Oh, it's only true. When you have fully developed fruit, but if the fruit is not fully developed, then there's no prohibition. These maschali la'orla, which Rashi explains, are it's kind of like a bark that grows around the branches of young trees. I see, right? It's usher to benefit from. Since they're there to protect the fruit, they're considered part of the fruit, and you're not allowed to make use of it. And at what point is it considered something that protects the fruit and takes care of the fruit? That's only bikufri. That's only when the fruit is young, so it has these outer bark. That's going to protect it, but once it, but however, the kakari leperi, and we're still calling it fruit. So you see that even when fruit is not fully developed, something is not mamish mature, it's not fully developed, still it's considered fruit. And that includes anything that's there to protect the tree. So if you're not allowed to, um, uh, so therefore, what right, getting back to the question, what right did he have to chop down the palm tree? You're not allowed to cut down the tree during Shemitah. Rav Nachman, Amar Rav Yaisi. Rav Nachman, Amar Rav Yaisi. said, Rav Nachman, Amar Rav Yaisi. The Tanan, we learned in a Mishnah. Rav Yaisi, Rav Yaisi, Smadar, Asam, Neishu, Peri. Young, budding, Smadar, unripe grapes are Usr because even though they're not ripe, they're considered fruit enough they have the status of Arlo, Pliki Rabbana Leia, the Rabbana argue on Rabbi Yaisi, and they say the little uh, buds are actually going to be okay. So you see from the Rabbanon that it's permitted, the young stuff, and since the Rabbanon permit the young stuff, Rav Nachman, who's cutting down the tree, would, uh, is not going against the Rabbanon. At least he's following the Shittas Rabbanon, Although he's not following Shitas Rabbi Yaisi, says the Gemara, Masla Rishimi bin Arda, Rishimi bin Arda asks a challenging question. He says, "Umi pligi Rabbanu leid Rabbi Yaisi b'shari lanais." This machlekas between Rabbi Yaisi and the Rabbanon about Arla is that a general machlekas? But now we learned in the Mishnah, "Meimasai ein kaitzin atzi lanais b'shvius." From when you're not allowed to cut down a fruit tree during Shmita, b'shami aimrim kali lanais mishayaitu. Any tree is not allowed to be cut. From the time that they start budding, right? They start growing leaves. Misol says, no. That carobs are actually different because that goes from when they start to look like shirashim, roots of uh, roots of carobs, the, way that car- the same way roots kind of like uh, jut out in all directions. Carobs grow <clears throat> like uh, a lot at one time. Vagafanim, and also you're not allowed to cut down Gefanim, you can't cut down the gefan, the grapevine, top of tomorrow's daf, from when they become a garua, which we're about to explain what that is, 
and the the uh, zesim, the olives, are not allowed to cut down from the time they have their shell around them. All other trees, you're not allowed to cut them down from the time that they start growing their fruit. The Omar Rabasi and Rabasi says, "Who baiser, who who love By the way, if you want to know what Mishayi Gareyu is, when it comes to grapevine, it's baiser. Yeah, baiser means it's 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 a noticeable grape, but it's at a very early stage of development. And that's also, by the way, a pile of and it's also a white bean. All that is the same thing. Yeah, it's the same name. A young, unripe grape is called bice. I'm sorry. The same way you have in the stages of bicer, girua, and pile of it's all in the same stage of growth. Pile of You Do you mean that he's, it's taka a bean? A grape is a bean? What does that mean? No. Once it reaches the size of a white bean, that is the status of being bicer, where it's enough growth that it's going to be usher to cut down. Says the Gemara, Uman Shamis, Uman Shamis, and who taka holds by Perishvius, that the grapes, when they grow to the, to the level of bicer, are considered a fruit, but a uh, smad or not, that's the Shittas Rabbanon. That's the Rabbana Argon of Yaisiu, Katanar Sharklonus Mishayetziu. And we still said from our all other cheese, it's as soon as the fruits start to emerge. So why did Rabbi Loi start cutting down the tree? Answer the Gemara, Ella Rabbi Loi bid Nishani cut. Rabbi Loi cut down a tree which was a Ishani. Now, what's an Ishani? Rashi tells us that there were certain types of trees. That um, don't grow their fruit in the same type of in, in the same season as everywhere else. What Rashi says is that uh, these these palm trees, their fruits were picked in Nisan, but even though it was picked in Nisan, it still needed a further process where it was put into vats and barrels, and only after it was put into vats and barrels did they ripen. Okay? So think about it. When the growth is on the tree, is it an edible fruit? No. Because it still needs step two of the process. It still needs to be, it was cut in Nisan, but it's not edible till they, till they would allow it to ripen further. And since it needed the second step of the process for a light to cut down the tree, wasn't a problem. Ah, you're destroying fruit. You're not. Because it's not fruit. It's not fruit until it has the status, uh, until it was also placed into the until it was also placed into the vats. We're up to Tanarabanan on Daf Nun Gimel Amad Aleph and we will hold it here, Bazajem, pick up at the same time. Alright. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.